guilt. I don't have to read the question. It's all rather mixed up here. Why do we feel guilty? You know what that word means? Culpability. Why do we feel guilty? Many people do. It tortures their life. Their life becomes enormous problem. And that's the background of guilt with many, many people. Guilt in not believing, in guilt not being the rest of the group, guilt, you know, the feeling of guilt, not the word, the feeling behind that word, that we have done something wrong or and feel guilty about remorse, anxious, therefore frightened, uncertain. And this guilt is a very distorting, is a very distorting factor in our life. This is obvious. So why do we have this feeling? At Brockwood there are no trains, no aeroplanes. We can talk quietly together, but you will miss these mountains. Probably that's why you are sad. We are asking, why do we have this feeling of remorse? Is it that we have not done something which is correct, which is not pragmatic, which is not put together by environment? against which we have to go. The guilt of a man who feels, or a woman who feels, he hasn't supported the war of his own country. You know, various forms of guilt and the causes of it. We're asking, why does this feeling exist? Is it because we are not responsible? We are not responsible, demanding the excellence of ourselves. You follow me? No, yes, me. Is it that the question the speaker is asking? Is it that we are all lazy, indolent, inattentive, and therefore slightly irresponsible, and facing that irresponsibility, we feel guilty? I have followed somebody, suppose I have followed somebody, my guru, who has indulged in all kinds of things, sex and so on. And I too have, as he does, but he changes his mind. He become old. And he said no more. And his disciples say no more. You understand? You have, one has done all these things to follow that guru. And the Guru has got rather old and said, no more. And I feel much and I shouldn't have done this, I've been wrong. You follow? The whole issue of guilt. Why? And how do we deal with it? That's more important. How do we know or feel, have the remorse of being not what we are? And therefore, doing things which will cause us damage, 
and therefore the mountains echo more noise, they create more noise. So let us find out how to deal with it. Let's find out what to do about it. Absolutely. Not investigate the causes of it. We know. I have done something which is not proper, which is not correct, which is not true. And I realize later the action which has produced that is rather regrettable, unfortunate, causing unhappiness to others, and I feel guilty. And various forms of the same thing give having different causes, right? So what shall we do when we have guilt and how to deal with it, right? How would you deal with it? What's your approach to it? You understand my question? How do you come near the problem? Is it that you want it resolved? That you want it wiped away? So that your brain is no longer in caught in that. So how do you approach it? With the desire to resolve it? You understand? To be free of guilt? How do you come to it? That's very important, isn't it? How you approach a problem. If you have a direction for that problem, it must be solved that way or that way. As long as there is a direction, you follow? Or a motive, then that motive or direction directs the issue. You understand? So can do we approach a problem like this guilt without any motive? You understand my question? Or always approach any problem with a motive. Right? I wonder, are we meeting this thing together? Is it possible to approach a problem without any sense of the background knowledge, which is motive, and look at it as though for the first time? Can you do that? So there are two things involved. How you approach and what is a problem. Right? You have problems, right? Many, many of them. Why? Not only problems of money, sex. It's a lovely morning. Clear blue sky without a cloud. And they're having fun. <laughs> what is a problem? Not that we are condemning the problem or saying it must be solved this way or that way. We are questioning the problem itself, the world, and the content of that world, an issue, something which we have to answer. Whether it's business problem, family problem, sexual problem, spiritual problem, sorry, quotes, spiritual problem, problems of whom to follow, leader, political, it's a problem. Why do we have problems? Do we ask them to go somewhere else? All right. So, first let's examine the word problem. According to dictionary, a problem means something thrown at you. 
something propelled against you, right? A challenge, a thing that you have to answer. Right? The meaning of that word is something thrown at you, right? And we call that a problem. Why does our brain have problems? You understand my question? Maybe we go into it a little bit, right? Please don't accept anything the speaker says, anything, but let's examine it together. Let us explore into this question, the problem. From childhood, when you're first, can we all shout at him to buzz off? From childhood, when you sent a girl or a boy to school, he has to learn how to read and write, right? Read, write, and the child has never read or written. So, writing, reading becomes a problem to him, right? And as he grows up, he has, his brain has been trained to problems, right? Obviously. School, I have to learn mathematics, chemistry, biology, science, physics, in the whole college, high school, college, university. Whole process of that, learning all that, is a problem, and so the brain is conditioned in problems. Right? This is a fact. My wife becomes a problem, to her I become a problem, business, God, everything is a problem. How to live, what to do, etc. and so on and so on. So our brain, your brain, is conditioned, educated to live with problems. This is a fact, not an invention by the speaker. It is so. So our whole life, living, becomes a problem. Right? So can we look at this as a fact, not as an idea or a theory, but as a and see what we can do. Whether the brain can be free to solve problems, not approach it with a mind that's already crowded with problems. You understand my question? No? I've been to school. I've been to a school. There I'm not interested in anything the teacher is saying. I'm looking at the, out of the window, enjoying myself. He bangs me on the head. And I come to. And he said, right. He holds my hand, guides it. And I said, he said, become, good Lord, I must learn. You follow? It becomes a problem. Right? And I have to learn not only reading, writing, mathematics, geography, history, politics, you know. So my whole education, I'm not against education, but I'm pointing out my whole education becomes a tremendous problem. And if I can pass a PhD become somebody, it's still a problem. So the brain from childhood is conditioned to live with problems. Right? Now, our question is, is it possible to be free of problems and then attack problems? You understand? There are problems. 
I cannot resolve them unless the brain is free. If it is not free, in the solution of one problem, other problems are created, like in politics. I don't know if you are aware of it. The poor have solved one problem, and there are a dozen problems involved in it. And they can't deal with a dozen problems. They move away from that and tackle something else. And keep on this. Right? So, the speaker is asking, can we be free of problems? First, uncondition the problem, uncondition the brain, which has been educated to live with problems. Right? Is it clear? At last. Now let's proceed. Is it possible? You ask me. Is it possible to be free and then tackle problems? Good Lord, what a noisy place this is. How do you answer that question? Do you say it is possible? Or do you say, no, it's impossible? When you say it's possible or impossible, you've already blocked yourself. Right? You've already closed the doors. You have prevented yourself from investigating, going into the question. Right? So, we are saying to free the brain from its educated world of problems, its condition, can that brain be unconditioned? First, I must understand the question, what the question involves. Investigate that. Then come to the point, can it be free from its condition? You understand? What do you do? or not do. Don't go to sleep, please. What do you do or not do? That is, how do you listen to the noise of that train, the rattling? How do you listen to it? Is it there? How do you listen to it? Do you resist it? Or, I won't tell you further, do you resist it? Or do you say, it's part of life. Let it through. You understand? This noise is going on. The rattle, the vulgarity, the all the mu music, so-called music, is pouring, right? Do you resist all that? Or let it flow, flow away. You understand? So, here is a question. Is it possible? to free the brain from the condition of this educated education which has brought about a state in which the brain is conditioned and to be free of that condition. May I go into it? Right? I'm going to it. Speaker is going to it. Not to convince you of anything. Just to show. Pass by a window and you look at the window the shop, look at all the dresses and all the things are in it, and you go away from it and look at another shop. You're window shopping. You're not to do anything, just find out what he's saying. Listen to what he's saying. Not accepting or denying, just look, listen. The brain is conditioned to this whole Culture of problems is conditioned to that. 
That's a nice word, cultural problems. Is the conditioned brain different from the observer? You understand my question? Is the brain, my brain, different from me? Who looking, tearing, examining, accepting, not at is that observer, right? The person who says I'm looking at it, is he different from the brain? You understand my question? It's a very simple question. Don't complicate. Is anger, greed, envy different from me? Or I am angry. Anger is me. Greed is me. Equality is me. Right? There's no difference. But culture, education has made us separate the two. Right? There is envy. I am different from it. And must control it or indulge it. Right? And thereby there's conflict. I don't feel following what. Or is violence me? Violence is not something different from me. I am, me is violent. Do you see this? Do we see this? Once it, you re, one realizes this fact, there's no different from the quality of me. Then there's totally different movement taking place, right? There's no conflict. Is that you understand? There is no conflict. As long as there is separation, there is conflict in me. Now, I've I've realized this that I am the quality. I am violence. I, the me, is greedy, envious, jealous, and all the rest of it. So I've. I've abolished altogether this division in me. I am that. Not I am the supreme. Oh, Sanskrit, I won't go into. I am that quality. Can I, can my brain remain with that fact? Stay with that fact? You understand my question? Can I stay? Can my brain which is so active, so alive, thinking, watching, listening, trying, effort, can that brain stay with the fact that I am that? Stay with it. Not run away, not try to control. Because the moment you control, there is a controller and they control. Therefore, they become separate. Right? Please, and very simple, if you, are, if you really grasp this, Truth, this fact, you eliminate altogether effort. Effort means contradiction. Effort means I, I am different from that, or I am, you know, all that business. So once you see the actual fact, not the idea, but the actuality that you are your quality, your anger, your envy, your jealousy, your hate, your uncertainty, your confusion, you are there. Not verbally acknowledge or verbally agree, then you're, you don't meet each other. But if you actually see this fact and stay with it, when you, when you stay with it, what is implied in that? Attention, right? No mo movement away from it. Right? Just stay with it. Not, if you have acute pain, you can't stay with it. 
but if you psychologically stay with it, inwardly say yes, it is so. That means no movement, right? I want no movement away from this fact. So when there is no movement away from the fact, the essence is no conflict. Then you have broken the pattern of the brain, right? Because it's like, I must do something about what is the right thing to do, who will tell me the right thing to do. You follow? I must go to a psychiatrist, you know, all that stuff takes place. But when once you hold a jewel, it's like holding a jewel, marvelously put together, carved, and you are holding it, you are looking at it, seeing all the inside, outside, how it's put together, the platinum, the gold, the diamonds, this, all that, you watch it. Because you are the jewel, you are the center of all this, most intricate, subtle jewel of which you are. The moment one sees that fact, the whole thing is different, right? So, guilt. So we've gone away from it. We had to. Guilt. It's not a problem. You understand now? It's a fact. It's not a something to be resolved. Something to be got over. You have done something which is a fact. And you feel guilty, that's a fact. And you stay with it. Like a jewel you stay with. Rather unpleasant jewel, but it is still a jewel. So you stay with it. When you stay with it, it begins to, please listen, it begins to flower and wither away. Is that what we Like a flower, if you keep on pulling the, see if the roots are working properly, the flower will never bloom. But once you see the fact which is the seed, and then stay with it, then it becomes, it it shows itself fully. All the implications of guilt, all the implications of its subtlety, where it hides, it's like a flower, blooming. And if you let it bloom, not to act, say, I must do, not do, then it begins to wither away and die. Please understand this. With every issue, you can do that. About God, about anything. Then you have an insight into that is insight, not merely remembrance adding. Is this clear? If you discover it, if you find, if this some, it is something in psychologically enormously a factor that frees you from all the past struggles and present struggles and efforts. 